Where do you draft rookies in redraft, in, in yearly league drafts? Everybody knows that rookies are valuable in dynasty formats and keeper formats, that Najee Harris is a second or third round pick in a dynasty startup, that, that Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith are potential, you know, maybe third round picks in in 2021 startup dynasty leagues but where do these guys all of them even kyle pitts in the in the qbs where do you rank them in redraft do you draft them at all let's talk a little bit about that because people ask me this question more often than you think so i think it's a pretty relevant podcast to toss out there let's get to it this is the fantasy football show with your host smitty You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. So as mentioned, Chase Smith, the wide receiver, third round potential, third round potential for dynasty, you know, minded people. But when you get into redraft, you, you can't expect Justin Jefferson type output for both of these guys. Are they capable of being Justin Jefferson good? Absolutely. They are totally capable, but you can't count on it. Meaning, don't go drafting them at a value that has a thousand yards and, and seven touchdowns tagged to that player. You have to draft uh, Devonta Smith and Jamar Chase, being, and you could say Waddle, however you want to rank them. Insert your favorite wide receiver. You got to draft them at the low end wide receiver three range where you're, you're contemplating that player with another player each and every week. You're not counting on Chase or Smith or Waddle or any of these rookie wide receivers. You're not counting on them being your number three wide receiver. They're in the conversation. You're drafting them to fit the conversation of a wide receiver three. Anything higher than that, you're missing out on now talent, players that can for sure produce right now. Um, not always wide receivers. Maybe you're talking about a quarterback. Maybe you're passing – on a quarterback way too long because you're thinking you're going to get this, you know, next just Justin Jefferson, which again, Chase and Devonta Smith, in my opinion, are the closest thing you can get to it from this draft class. And they're very capable. One of them I do predict will have a thousand yards and seven or eight touchdowns. I, I do truly believe that you just don't, you just don't want to invest that kind of value draft capital wise. Cause then you're stuck having to have them do that in order for you to get your value back for it to be a wash. What, you want to you wanna put everything on the line so that you can be right and not get a whole lot of value out of it? Or do you want to draft them late in the leagues that you get away with it? Because we draft in a lot of leagues, right? We could afford to not jump on the player we want every single time we want them just so we can make sure we have them. But in the case where you do draft them as your wide receiver 3-4 or even 4-5, you're in a good spot because once he starts getting going, let's say you don't play him in week one, once week five, six rolls around and, and Chase or Smith or Waddle, whoever it is, is firing on all cylinders, you can slide them right into the, the lineup. And typically, you'll know when it's time to do that. Jefferson showed a big you know burst in, in value, and you kind of knew when to put him in and plug him in and keep him in there. Maybe you missed out the first week of his rise, whatever. But in general, if, if the guy's going to be good enough to be your wide receiver three or eventually your wide receiver two, uh, then you're gonna know you're gonna know in enough time that that it's time to plug them in. It's not gonna be like a big surprise to you. Now let's get to the running backs. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Where are we ranking the running backs in redraft? Now, that conversation is a little bit different than the wide receivers, which may or may not be the case one year from today, two years from today. The wide receiver position is evolving so quickly. It's becoming the running back position in terms of rookie output, in terms of how quick these players can come along and be built, ready built for the NFL. So, Running backs, though, traditionally have always been the, been the case. They can plug and play into a even running back one type value. Adrian Peterson, Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott, like these guys all came in ready to go. They're ready made for the NFL. Najee Harris is probably in that situation and will most likely be drafted into that situation. Situation matters. Situation is key. Situation is king. And in the case of Najee Harris, most teams are going to see him as a running back one, a three down back or a potential, you know, eventual three down back. And that makes him a safe, likely landed player in the NFL. Whereas a guy like Chuba Hubbard, who's actually my favorite running back in this draft class, talent wise, is is at risk of being drafted into a committee at risk of being drafted into a situation where they drafted him. But his coach doesn't necessarily see him as a three down back, which is head-scratching to us from a fantasy perspective with our fantasy minds that we have. We're all fantasy-geared, and I think sometimes we see things better than coaches as a whole because we see output and talent, and we're chasing after production, whereas they're looking at a lot of different factors, sometimes factors that you know we don't necessarily have the luxury of seeing or being able to, to evaluate. But bottom line is, I think a lot of times fantasy football minds – can, can definitely see talent coming before sometimes the process itself at the NFL level. And I'm telling you right now, Chuba Hubbard would be Alvin Kamara if in the right spot. But we don't know if he'll be in the right spot. There's a very big risk that he won't be, which is kind of priced into his value, though. So then it comes full circle back to is Chuba Hubbard a risk? Not at the value he's currently looking at when you're talking about people saying he's not going to be anything at the NFL level he's going to bust like that that clearly tells you you're going to be able to steal him away in in the first round late first round of your 2021 uh, rookie drafts the ones that happen before the actual NFL draft yes there are people that draft that early um, but for those drafting after he's either going to land in, in a cloudy situation which is going to suck and you're going to take a, a you know a stab at him and hope that he rises up that the talent rises to the top or he's going to land in a better situation than anybody anticipated. And post-NFL draft, you're not going to get him for as a steal because if in a good spot, like Clyde Edwards-Alaire went from everybody's third, fourth, fifth-ranked rookie running back heading into the 2020 NFL draft and exited the first round after the first round was complete and the Chiefs made him a first-round pick, he vaulted from everybody's four to five spot for running backs to the number one overall pick in fantasy football, rookie-only drafts. Whether you want to say that was a mistake or not, you can argue that at a later date. 
Uh, we're talking about that all the time, okay? And that's not the point, nor should you let that influence anything you're doing in 2021. My point here is that Chuba Hubbard is either going to remain a steal and for good reason because the situation will be cloudy, or he will vault and climb in value at a, to a tremendous to a tremendous degree, um, and and he's not going to be a steal anymore because the situation is going to determine uh, whether people start to buy back into him. He's going to be the most bought back in player if he lands in a good spot. Now, I, I, I venture to say. At, at this moment, Javonta Williams will be, there's a really, really strong chance he's going to see the most increased value between now, we're talking about the uh, uh, you know beginning of March, and heading into the end of March and into the early part of April. I think Javonta Williams, you'll see him climb very fast in a one-month period. In a 30-day per- period, you're going to see him go from, I don't know, double value to people in people's minds walking into, you know, dynasty startups and, and all that. Now we're talking redraft, but I want to set the tone for the dynasty mindset because that's going to drive the redraft value, how people react to their dynasty prospects is going to tell you how quickly they expect them to, to do something at the, at the you know, in the, in the first year. So I'm going to say Javonta Williams climbs into in a redraft setting top five round value. I don't know if it will be in the fifth. I don't know if it'll climb into the fourth. But once people start talking about this guy, and I'm telling you, in the next 30 days, he will be a riser like no other rookie right now being talked about. He's going to rise from, in redraft, oh, sixth, seventh rounder. We don't know where he's going to go. He's not a starter in anybody's mind. No one's thinking of him as, as a starter. They're thinking of Javonta Williams the what if, the 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 Keyshawn Vaughn getting drafted into Tampa Bay. You know what I mean? That's what people are gonna how people are gonna see this guy. And and as people start hyping up his dynasty value, redraft thinking will take hold and say this is a potential running back two, and I'm going to draft him in the fifth round. I'm gonna draft him in the you know fourth round. In Dynasty, you're going to start seeing Javonta Williams get taken in the third round before the NFL draft. We're talking about people reacting and predicting that he does based on NFL uh, coaches and, and, and news and all that, speaking to this guy's talent level, uh, workouts, everything. It's going to all, before the NFL draft, going to start cranking up the hype train. And it's going to be a full motion. People are going to be jumping on, filing on. They're going to run out of spots on this train. It's going to get so packed on this hype train. Um, and, and I think that he ends up going in like that fourth, fifth round value later on in redraft. Now, Najee Harris is going to easily be a third rounder. You could argue late second, but that would be playing with the, the David Montgomery risk levels when everybody was drafting David Montgomery at the end of the second round during his rookie year. I think that's going to caution people into making Najee Harris a top like 18 overall pick, but depending on his landing spot. So we're talking about two different time periods, pre-NFL draft and post-NFL draft. Pre-NFL draft, he's going to go in the third and fourth round if you're mock drafting and you start seeing a lot of consistent mock drafts. You're going to start seeing a lot of consistent Najee Harris third round drafting. If he lands in an amazing spot, 
he'll instantly be vaulted into the second round and even redraft. Even if it's the, the bottom of the second round, he will be a second round pick in redraft. He will be most certainly a top, I don't know, 11 to 15 overall pick in dynasty if the spot is ideal. If the spot is good, not amazing, but good, look at it like a, a 3.01 redraft, 3.02 redraft, maybe 2.12 redraft. Uh, but maybe not top 11 to 14, maybe 15 to 18, 15 to 20 in Dynasty, if in a, a mediocre spot. So uh, quarterbacks, don't draft a, a rookie quarterback to be your starter. You draft Lawrence to be that that side pocket quarterback you're waiting to use if things go great. Herbert was not drafted to start for anybody. The people that drafted Herbert drafted him as a backup, and they ended up replacing their starter with Herbert, sure. But that's the luxury of taking a guy like Lawrence. You start drafting Lawrence to start, and it doesn't work out. You've, you've failed. Your season is over. Draft an A-Rod and a, and a Lawrence. Draft a, you know, Watson and a, you know, a Lawrence. Draft, draft your starter. Don't let it even influence where you take your quarterback, whether it's a little bit earlier or a little bit later. Draft per usual, and in redraft, you treat Lawrence, you treat Wilson, you treat these guys as a potential, maybe they're going to do something. Depends where they land to, so their values could definitely change post-NFL draft. But you can't count on Lawrence to be anything but a top 10 quarterback, which is borderline to, to you know any of the guys you might be taking anyway. I, I myself love to have a quarterback that's like a top five guy, top five quarterback. And, and, and then I stockpile these potential breakouts as well and afford myself some trade opportunity later. I don't just draft the deep guys in hopes that one of them land. The year I predicted Pat Mahomes to be a top one to five quarterback when he barely was being anointed the starter. I wrote this in 2018 during the season when Alex Smith was actually still going nuts. And people said, Pat Mahomes, who Alex Smith's our guy. And, and you guys may forget that, but Alex Smith was going nuts that year. And I wrote an article, a bull prediction, that Mahomes would be a top one to five guy. During that season, 2019, heading into it, even though I thought that, I was drafting Mahomes in the 10th, 11th, 12th round. He was a breakout, stash him, hold. In a lot of those leagues, I still drafted an A-Rod. I still drafted a, a Breeze. I still drafted a top six quarterback. And... Just because I landed Mahomes didn't mean I didn't spend decent draft capital on a quarterback that year. So you got to make sure you're you're being smart with your weight on a QB strategy and your early QB drafting. And oftentimes coupling them together is actually a recipe for some good trade uh, opportunities down the road. Kyle Pitts would be the last guy we're going to mention because, you know, the rookie wide receivers we covered, we covered Najee Harris. We covered the guys that are going to be mid-range like Devonta Williams, Hubbard. Depends on where they land. For now, it's it's only Harris. It's only going to be, um, you know, guys like Javonta Williams that might get into the fifth, sixth-round range, range in redraft, um, but that will change. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts could be drafted in the top six to ten tight ends. And I know that's going to sound surprising because I've kind of given a little bit of a cautionary, um, you know, uh, a direction with drafting rookies in redraft. But the tight end pool is so slim. It's so slender that you can afford to spend a top six to 10 tight end draft selection on Kyle Pitts because where are you drafting the number six and number seven tight end anyway? 
it's not going to be in the first six rounds. So you're telling me at, at round eight, round nine, if Kyle Pitts is sitting there as the seventh drafted tight end, you're not going to think, uh, why not? When he's a bigger, stronger version of any tight end we've seen come out of college ever. Like this guy's going to redefine the position if this works out. It's he He's as big as any wide receiver. He's bigger than almost every wide receiver in the NFL. And it's not that he's just a big body like a, you know, I'm not saying Travis Kelsey is not athletic or fast or whatever for his size, but Travis Kelsey is a tight end. Like you see him walking around, you don't think, oh, that's a wide receiver in the NFL. He is a tight end. He is a, a he's built like a tight end. He's built like a, a, you know, a big, strong basketball player that's got enough speed to make it work. And he's so strong and athletic and, and, and talented catching the football that he's just the dominant tight end. No, Kyle Pitts is a wide receiver. He's bigger than a wide receiver. He's six, four. The dude is insane. And he's going to dominate at the NFL level. And I, I can't wait to see where he goes. I hope it's with Burrow. I, I want Burrow to get Jamar Chase back, reunited. Uh, but if they don't draft Jamar Chase, I'd love to see the Bengals take Kyle Pitts and, and, and watch Burrow turn that guy into a monster. Depending on where Pitts goes, my value will obviously change. But for now... I would definitely make him the sixth or seventh drafted tight end. That wouldn't bat an eye. Don't forget to check me out at smitty1.com, which contains all my content all in one place. My most recent YouTube show, all my social handles, my sleeperu.com, news site, everything, smitty1.com. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. Smitty! 